0: Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Better Days Season 3. I'm so glad you're joining me today to kick off Season 3. Season 3 is all about lessons we can learn from leaders who have faced suffering or mental health challenges, including my own personal story and lessons that I've learned along the way. I want to share with you one of those lessons today. But before I begin, I just want to say that I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I have to be an encouragement to you as you walk through mental health and suffering. Let me frame today's episode. I want to talk to you today about shame, suffering, and being a leader. Being a leader is hard. There are so many complexities to being a leader or public figure that many people may not understand until they experience it. Listen to these studies and observations about the challenges that leaders face in different fields around mental health. The first one is a study based on pastors. LifeWay Research did a study on pastors and mental health that basically determined about a quarter of pastors say they've experienced some kind of mental illness, while 12% say they've received a diagnosis for a mental health condition. That was a few years ago. I believe if that study was done today, it would be much more than 23 to 25%. It'd probably be around 50% or more. As I travel around and talk to pastors, all of them are struggling with the stress, the weight, the busyness, the exhaustion of leading churches and all the complexities that go along with that, including depression and anxiety. Another study looked at doctors and mental health. A Very Well Health article cites multiple studies accounting for MD's mental health. One study found that the proportion of doctors experiencing above-threshold levels of stress is 28% compared to the general population, 18% of whom experience this level of stress on the job. Another study by AMA and the Mayo Clinic found that doctors work on average of 10 hours more per week than the average population experience emotional exhaustion at higher rates, 43% versus 24% of the general population, and experience burnout at significantly higher burnout rates, 49% versus 28%, and lower life satisfaction rates, 36% of physicians reported being satisfied with their work-life balance compared to 61% of the general U.S. working population. Another article by Jane Bernard about the interior lives of corporate leaders, C level CEO type leaders. She writes this According to one former CEO, depression is chronic and widespread in the executive office. In fact, this person who now counsels other CEOs had said that 50% of CEOs at some time in their lives experience depression. One more article by Leigh Buchanan, who's the editor-at-large for Inc. Magazine and former editor of the Harvard Business Review. She wrote about anxiety and leadership, and she painted a picture of how this is so common amongst entrepreneurial leaders, especially in the Silicon Valley. She writes, on the HBO series Silicon Valley, startup CEO Richard Hendricks vomits a lot. He throws up in a trash can after fielding an acquisition offer from a predatory competitor. And again, when asked to deliver an inspirational speech before 50 hostile programmers. After one such episode, Hendrix visits a health clinic. It was just a garden variety panic attack, the doctor tells him. Welcome to the Silicon Valley. We see people like you all the time. She goes on to write, It's no surprise that anxiety is common amongst the entrepreneurial gifted says Sarah Wilson, the author of the book, First, We Make the Beast Beautiful, A New Journey Through Anxiety. It comes down to brain function, their ability to think beyond straight data and hyperconnect, Wilson says. People with high levels of anxiety are able to think very broadly across multiple ideas all at once, which lends itself obviously to creating a business. One common thread across all leadership mediums, is leaders are afraid to talk about what they're going through. Whether that be chronic stress, anxiety, depression, or any form of suffering, there is still a sense of shame that surrounds leadership and suffering. And I hope to deconstruct some of that sense of shame for you today. Just a little background on my story. Starting anything is hard, right? You have to build so much from scratch. Culture, systems, teams, leadership development. You have a personal evolution as well of growth with a huge learning curve. That builds stress as well. Starting something that grows quickly can be really challenging. You are constantly changing and adapting because of the growth. And it can be overwhelming and fertile soil for chronic stress, anxiety, and depression. We had started a church with a few people. And next thing we knew, over five years, we had multiple gatherings, hundreds of volunteers, a staff of around 20 people, multiple campuses, and a few thousand people. In that period of time, I was experiencing constant chronic stress. I mean, it was exhilarating. Don't get me wrong, there were so many joys to what was taking place. But on the inside, I was really struggling. I'd been running on empty. A combination of adrenaline and pressure kept me going. And at a certain point, I was just exhausted. Living under the weight of chronic stress, which led to anxiety, which led to panic attacks that I was facing. The human body can only take so much stress until it begins to affect you in every area of life. I think we all wrestle with the tension of being a leader and being human. I know I did. I did not know who I could talk to about what I was facing. I did not think that I could tell people that I needed help because I was exhausted, stressed, and living with constant anxiety. I tried to figure out what was wrong and make changes on my own, but this nagging state of stress and anxiety would not go away. It is easy to feel shame as a leader when you suffer or you're experiencing stress, anxiety, depression, or discouragement. So here are a few lessons that I've learned around navigating shame, suffering, and leadership. Lesson number one, we are human too. We are not superhuman. We are not sheltered or protected from living in a broken world. I think sometimes there's this idea, whether it's an external pressure and internal pressure, that we should be above all other humans and not experience what everyone else goes through. We go through the same things. Our body, our capacity to handle stress and stimuli is the same as all other humans, meaning we break down as well. We get exhausted. We get overwhelmed. We sometimes feel a state of stress or anxiety or depression because of the weight of leadership and pressure. So we are human too. The second lesson is this. It is okay to not feel okay. Leaders have emotions. You and I feel pain, sadness, discouragement, we get overwhelmed. We don't just feel the good emotions, joy, happiness, peace. We also feel the hard emotions. The emotions of pain, sadness, discouragement, overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel guilty or shame. So we experience the full spectrum of emotions. And sometimes we're just not feeling okay. One way I changed the narrative in a small way was just to reply to people when they asked me how I was doing in an honest way. You know, things have been hard or I've been under a lot of stress. Would you pray for me? I think that humanizes us. That allows people to know we're not always up. Sometimes we're down. We're not always feeling great. Sometimes we're not feeling great. Leaders experience stress, anxiety, depression, and suffering, and those are complex realities to navigate. So it's okay to not feel okay. You know, it's interesting. In the Christian space, people like C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Problem of Pain, people like Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who is the greatest communicator maybe in history of Christianity, experience really, really difficult days. Spurgeon dealt with depression. He dealt with physical chronic pain as well. C.S. Lewis dealt with the death, the tragic death of his wife. And so, just because you're a well-known, influential person in this world does not mean that you're always doing well. It's okay to not feel okay. Third, don't feel ashamed. Shame is a powerful influencer. The first two humans in creation immediately knew this when they made a decision to do what God said not to do. They immediately felt shame. And shame led them to do what? To hide themselves. But here's the thing about shame. Not only is it a powerful influencer, shame is a liar. Shame tells us that we are bad, that something is deficient in us, that we are no longer worthy that we are no longer good enough, that we have failed. And for a leader, you might feel this because you're struggling, because you're not okay, because you're feeling your humanity. And the lies of shame lead to negative self-talk, where we have this constant internal conversation that are based around false narratives. And we start to believe that we are deficient that we're not great, that we're no longer good enough, that we failed, we're no longer worthy. But here's the thing, don't let shame be the dominant voice in your mind. I know some of us were in this interplay, this exchange of conversation around shame in our emotions, in our mind, but I want to encourage you today not to let that be your dominant voice because it's not true. Shame is a liar. Call it out for what it is. Let God be the loudest voice in your life. Let his validation, his love, his encouragement drive you forward. Shame also tells us to isolate. It it lies to us. We begin this exchange of internal conversations based around false narratives, and then we start to isolate emotionally and relationally. Isolation is toxic to our well-being. We begin to live in our thoughts and our emotions around shame, and it creates more stress and more negative emotions and more false realities. You could call this the cycle of shame. Tristan Collins writes about shame in her book on Why Emotions Matter, saying, For our psychological, spiritual, and physical well-being, we need relationships where we feel known and welcome. This is so key. To spiritual health, mental health, physical health. When we begin to isolate, there's this cycle of toxicity that starts taking place. These lies that we believe, these emotions we feel based on the negative self talk in our mind. But what we need to do is we need to move forward in a healthier future. So you might say, How do I move forward? How can I be human and a great leader? How can I? not be okay, and not believe the lies of shame. Well, here are two starting points. First, don't believe the lie of shame any longer. Today is a day that you can begin to call shame what it is. The negative self-talk is all wrapped up in a false narrative and false realities. The truth is this, just because you're going through a hard time in your life, Just because you're facing chronic stress, exhaustion, you feel overwhelmed, you have anxiety, you're dealing with depression, doesn't mean that any of the communication of shame is true. Here is the truth you are worthy, you are loved, you are still a capable leader. In fact, I want you to know this truth today our personal pain and suffering will often deepen us and make us a far better leader. So what you're going through today is deepening you. You may not feel like it, and that's okay. And it's going to make you more influential in your future. One person put it this way, your deepest pain will end up being the deepest source of influence in other people's lives. There's a lot of truth to that. So first, don't believe the lie of shame anymore. Second, talk about what you are going through. The way out of the cycle of shame is talking about what you are facing. You could just paint the picture like this. You've been in hibernation and it's time to come out of hiding. Internally, with the cycle that's going on inside of you and relationally. Talk to a person that you trust. Talk to a counselor or therapist that you trust. Talk to your community that you trust. Talk to a family member that you trust. People that will love you and help you untangle the lies of shame as a leader and encourage you in the midst of your struggle. And talk to God because when you do, he's going to validate you. He's going to speak his love into you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to affirm your identity and calling. And that will be the impetus of encouragement and validation that will help you to move forward toward a healthier future. Tristan Collins, again, in her book on Why Emotions Matter, made a brilliant observation about sharing our shame, saying, When we share our shame with others, we not only heal ourselves, but open the door for others to heal too. I want to encourage you today, whether you're a leader or you're listening to these lessons that I've learned as a leader, this is relevant to all of us. And you might be struggling. Your days might be difficult. You might be overwhelmed. But I want to encourage you, there are better days ahead. Make sure to check out next week's episode. It's an interview I did recently with John Mark Comer. He shares his story with leadership, stress, mental health, and why he wrote his new book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's amazing. Trust me. So many helpful things that he says around these subjects, but also it's inspiring to hear somebody with his voice and influence share so honestly and vulnerably around his story and what he's been through. Much love. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you were encouraged. I would love for you to help me to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thank you for your support. I can't wait for you to join with me again next week for another episode of Better Days.